Okay. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome. It's a new year. It's a new me. 2022. We don't like that energy. 2022. Welcome to the new podcast. It's still the same podcast, but I've just changed the name. It is an honest conversation about so depending on the topic we'll fill in there i decided i wanted to start a new name just because i didn't want it to be under the it's okay to struggle podcast i wanted it to be by it's okay to struggle and i thought an honest conversation is a great name for it because that's what i want it to be it's perfect so that's where we're at and welcome We've got the lovely Beth here, and our topic today is psychiatric wards. Um, we're gonna have we're gonna have a bit of a chat about psych wards, but we're also gonna talk about Beth's journey with her mental health. And we have both been in wards before, so we thought it would be a good time to have a chat about our experience with it and yeah. battle some stigma that Lots comes of from. Stigma. Lots that come that comes from being in a ward or about wards because there's a lot of misunderstanding. Like when I admitted, not admitted, bad word, but when I spoke out about me being in a ward, I had so many people come to me being like, "How do I get into one? What's the process, etc., mm-hmm. etc." Mm-hmm. So yeah, I thought we'd talk about that. But yeah. first and foremost, I want to do a little bit of a trigger warning. Of course, we will be talking pretty brutally and pretty honestly about mental health. Um, if you easily get triggered by it, talking about those things or hearing about those things please swipe off and listen to something else because that's what we're here for and that's what we're going to do um suicide all that stuff is going to be talked about so if you're not ready to hear that move on um this is beth so beth tell tell me a little bit about yourself i know but tell them and from way back yep and tell us about how's your mental health going at the moment yeah well like currently like never been better in my life before but um and that's why I bought you one. Yeah. I never bring people on who I know are visibly struggling because it mm. can be so, mm. like, traumatizing talking about your trauma yeah, when absolutely. it's going to be posted. Like, very different if you're talking to a therapist. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like once you feel like you're at a place where, like, you think you've recovered for, like, a lot, it's like you get a better, out like, insight and you can see it from an outsider's perspective and you can ter- talk about the journey, like – um a little bit more openly and like with a clear head as well so so how do you th- how do you think that you have gotten to that stage w- what was your process when did you start noticing the demise of your mental health mm, mm. uh like honestly i feel like i just came out of the womb with mental health problems <laughs> quite literally um i have like a same like, girl yeah i mean we're like quite a significant history of mental illness in my family uh especially from my grandpa like he was very very unwell for his like his whole life um and I think that I definitely inherited some of that um I like first saw a psychologist when I was like 10 years old and I like started seeing a psychiatrist when I was 10 years old so for me it was like I was quite young when I like my journey began Um, And I had, like, definitely, like, some childhood trauma that, like, influenced that as well as, I think, genes. Um, So that was, like, happening at quite a young age. And then by the time I was 14, I'm going to say, like, 13, 14, I, like, began to, like, that was, like, my first decline. And I was, like, really, really battling with, like, a lot of anxiety. And um, I started medication when I was 13 or 14. 
and then I got better um and then like a few years later when I was 16 I had like another really like low period in my life um and that was quite hard and um I started more medication and I was still like all this time I've been like con- cons- consecutively um seeing a psychologist and have like having the support of a psychiatrist as well um so yeah I think like 10 13 and 16 were some really like low points um and I had a lot of help and I had like a lot of treatment as well and I got better again after I was 16 and then I started to to decline again uh when I was about 18 and it was really slow and like none of my friends even noticed it like like no one in my life really noticed it I don't think I was even aware of it Uh, it was just like the stress of being at Halebury (laughs) doing VCA at Halebury um and I didn't shout out to you guys yeah (laughs) shout out to Halebury College um (laughs) (laughs) no blame sis no blame no blame but uh that was a really like tough year for me doing VCE and like going through that and I think by the time I had gotten to 19 and I like we graduated and we were getting you know we we're gonna start uni and everything it really like majorly got on top of me and I had like this like massive decline like huge 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 decline um and then I was admitted to a hospital and um I was in a hospital for like just under two months um and I had ECT which is a um I mean, it's like a last resort mental health. We'll talk. We'll talk into ECT, but thank you for sharing first and <laughs> foremost. Um, but we'll start with that and how your journey came to be. Mm. I remember myself going through those like up and downs of of mm. your mental health. Like for a year, it can be good, or for a couple months, it can be yeah. good, and then you go downhill from there. And it's very tiring, to be honest with you. Um, but let's talk about exhausting. let's talk about what a psych ward is, and yep. because I've shared my experience before with going into the ward, and my experience was very similar in the sense that up and down. One year I was good, the next year I was bad, and then it finally just I had a very very bad decline, and I was like, nah, I got to go, otherwise I'm not going to make it, kind of thing. So that had to be done, and I was kind of in the same space as you, with just an hour experience was very close together as well she went in before me we actually went to the same hospital and same ward um she beth was in march and i was in may no no i was in june june i was in april oh shit yeah so a bit uh, earlier yeah like early mid april yeah 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 so, because I remember coming to you being like, hey, how do I go about this? Because there's, like, mm. no understanding. Like, I didn't, I didn't even know what the process was. Because I went yeah. in, I went to a hospital, an emergency room, when I was really bad. Mum took me and I was like, what do we do? And they are like, well, she has to go to a ward. Like, she's not right. safe. Yeah. And they are like, either she goes to a public or a private. And I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck's the difference? <laughs> like, just fucking help me. Yeah. Like, I'm just sick of this. But... Mm. Yeah, let's go into what a psych ward was. So I like to I describe this to Beth and I describe this to a lot of people as a, a, host, a hotel for sad people. 
And I love that definition because I feel like it's true. Like, it is. Well, it, this it is, is all, no, it genuinely and, is. And t- uh, for your information, this is all our experience with private yeah. wards. Yeah. We've not yeah. been yeah. in a public. And I think so that's we, important to note as well because I think the pro- like the public sector, sorry, um, would be an incredibly different experience. Yeah. Um, and nowhere near as probably like as good the like we have yeah. really well. But yeah. I think. So like, yeah, our experiences mm-hmm. in private wards. But yeah, tell me about your. How did you go about getting in? What was your moment, and how did how did you get told? Like, what was the process? Um, well, my mum actually did most of it because I really wasn't in like a position that I could actively do it myself. But from what I know, like we needed to get. I needed to get admitted by my psychiatrist, but it's not every psychiatrist actually has a link to a hospital. So, like, first of all, you need to find a professional that's actually got ties to a hospital and can admit you. Um, That's not always the case. Um, So, luckily, my psychiatrist had admitting rights to Delmont. We went to Delmont. um, And, yeah, so we just needed to schedule an appointment and then basically they just get you in from there I think I mean I doubt and it's it's not as simple as that but my knowledge doesn't really stray beyond that really um my experience was pretty similar in the sense a bit different though because I wasn't seeing a psychiatrist so if not a lot of people know there's a difference between a psychologist and a psychiatrist the main difference is a psychiatrist is considered a doctor yeah and they they prescribe the medication they can prescribe medication they can admit you um a psychologist cannot no. So I wasn't seeing a psychiatrist, so I couldn't get admitted via that. But I was seeing a psych and a doctor. So my mm-hmm. doctor wrote me up a letter. They sent it to the psychs at Dalmon. Yep. And then a, a psych had to take me on. Correct, yeah. And then I got admitted from there. Right. But every process is different, and it can really depend on the ward itself and yep. if it's taking patients because they're so overrun. Like I remember mm-hmm. someone I know was trying to get in around – september this year like last mm-hmm. year sorry mm-hmm. and couldn't get in they never contacted her again yeah like it was like a month mm. it was fucked it was just crazy and look it's not their fault it's just like they're so overrun there's so many people that are like especially through lockdown as well like so many people have just battled we were we were lucky so much more i, I was lucky as well because i went in after we had just gotten out of that the March one, yeah, like we got out yeah. in what, like July or something, June. I don't remember. I went in in the middle of that, so I had to go through this terrible process of getting COVID tests, and tests, shit. and all that shit. And I couldn't like getting in the hospital was a nightmare as well. Um, like my mum wasn't even allowed, to, like no one could come in. Yeah, that was saying I wasn't allowed to visit us. Yeah, it was a shit for show a while. Post. Then I was allowed like one per per like couple days and i just had mum all the time obviously Mm. but yeah so that was my process with going in and yeah obviously this is all private so private's different depends on if you have health care you need to have private health care like if you don't have private health care it's very expensive yeah like a lot of people won't be able to get in via that way but were you nervous going in were you scared like how was your feelings about it did you know much about the process of what was going to be in there like were you scared um that's actually a good point i wasn't scared i was actually really happy about it because 
I think like anyone who really battles with their mental health can relate to this as well. And no, anyone who knows someone even that battles with mental health, it has such a significant toll on everyone around you. Um, Like I know for like my family, it's really hard to like watch someone that you have an emotional investment in go through that. Like that. And like it affected like my brother and my dad and like my grandparents, like everyone like in my family, like was bothered by it. And, So I think that, like, when I got admitted, it gave me a good opportunity to, like, suffer but, like, without the guilt and without, like, like my loved ones, like, watching me, if that makes sense. Like, you don't want to see someone go through that. So it gave me the freedom. I felt like I didn't have to, like, suppress what I was going through because I was around professionals who, you know, like, are used to it and, like, no one was really there, like, watching me go through it. Um, And that was a big relief for me personally I totally get that and I actually felt so relieved when I got admitted as well like Mm. I said it to mum I'm like I don't like as much as I love it like I love my home my family's great they're super supportive like oh yeah that wasn't the problem at all no no no, like I didn't need to get away from them I just needed to be somewhere else like you I felt so unsafe at home like it was so weird it is it's it's It's, it's unsettling and it's like I forgot what I was going to say. That's all right. No, 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 no. <laughs> I, I, get, I get what you mean. It was unsettling in the sense that I just knew I needed more and, like, no one at home could mm-hmm. provide that for me and it wasn't their job to provide that for me. So when I got admitted as well, I felt this biggest relief off my shoulder. I wasn't even scared, honestly. I was no. so happy. I was just like, I just want to sleep and I just want to be yeah. near people that can, like, make sure that I, I'm okay and yeah. nothing happens to me. And again, the guilt, that's a great Correct. point. It, yeah. Like yeah. getting away. That was away. one of my biggest things for me was like the guilt. like that, And like you can see the impact that it has on your family. And like my mum and I are super, super close. Like, and like I always feel like what I put her through like always really bothers me. Yeah. So like I'm really glad that I had that space to to go through it myself in a way. Yeah. And it makes you stronger at the end of the day. Like it's not good to rely on anyone in general, even if it's family. And it's not because she's unsupportive. Like that's no way. Like my family are literally the best and like my girlfriends as well. And like you and everyone, like I would never have been able to get through it. Like without all those people in my life, it's not, it's not about that though. It's just because you love them so much and they're so good to you. You don't want to put them through that as well. Yeah. You want to like, suffer by yourself yeah so in Dalmont we'll just we'll talk about Dalmont because I just wanted to chat about our experience there mm. um what was your day-to-day like because I know mine but you chat about yours first and we'll go about that so usually you stay for however mm. long the psychiatrist deems appropriate you're allowed to leave but they advise you not to, obviously, because yeah. you're there for a reason. You're definitely allowed to leave. Um, it's not like a prison. It's a beautiful – most mm-hmm. private wards are quite lovely and ho- like hotel-like. They have, like, yeah. cafeterias. Like, it's not very, like, scary at all. They're very bright, yeah. light. Yep. There's painting. There's lots of stuff. So talk it's not about – you see in the movies. No, 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 not at all. So we'll get into that, though. But tell me about your day-to-day, what you did. Yeah, so I think, like, um, you just – there was a lot of freedom to do whatever you want, really. Like, I would just wake up whenever I wanted. Um, I think they have, like – they like, nurses come and check on you in the night and, like, make sure that you're okay and stuff. Um, 
but I would just wake up whenever I wanted, like get breakfast. Like they have literally like a, a buffet there. Like you just go and help yourself. Um, and then, I mean, you would have been the same, but there's lots of like activities that they have every day. So you'll go to like an art class or you'll go to like a CBT class or um, you see psychologists come to you, I think once a week. It depended on what you wanted. Like mm-hmm. I didn't see a psychologist that much because I was seeing a psychiatrist and I just didn't like want to talk too much. I just kind yeah, of wanted to get yeah. my medication right and get my head straight. Yeah. Um, I did see them, uh, see my psych a few times, mm-hmm. but I also had an external psych. So I didn't want to like yeah, yeah, battle yeah, yeah, those. Yeah. Like you kind of don't want to have to talk to two people about the same things and repeat yourself. It's very exhausting. Oh, very. The talking yeah. all day about your feelings fucking sucks sometimes. And then you've got to see your psychiatrist on top of that as well. And then like see a, a nurse a three times a day and talk about yeah. it. Like, it's super important, but something you can't do for like a long time because you just yeah no yeah. But it, it it is a good way to get your emotions out if you were struggling with that Without and holding yourself in. My day to day was very similar. Like woke up, they didn't let me wake up at any time though. I don't know why really? you got that, lady. It's, I Maybe, didn't get that. I think um they were trying to. Been... Fall, I think it. I think it might have been a more personal thing because they were really trying to reinforce routine in my life. Because that was one thing I really struggled with. Okay. They were trying yeah. to wake me up at the same time every day, take my meds, and then I go about my day because I was really struggling with sleeping. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like sleeping all the time, not sleeping late and stuff like that, going to bed late and stuff like that. So I think that's why. Okay. Yeah, no, I think – actually, I think, like, um, possibly the, the sleeping thing and having that kind of freedom was probably more at the second hospital that I went to um, – yeah, I went to two. I don't know if I mentioned that. And like my experiences are pretty similar, but um, yeah, the second one I went to, I, I probably did that a little bit more, um, especially because I was having ECT as well. So they would just let me sleep after having a general anesthetic. But um, yeah, I think the greatest thing was those classes that they had. Like you'd go in and you'd do some mindfulness, like, and then you'd do like an art class and then a CBT class. Yeah, so it was like it was like a structure where, and you didn't ha- you didn't get to force to go anything. It was all no, under no, no, your no. permission, all, like your free will. So they had like cl- classes with counselors and psychologists, and there was like different topics every day. So mm-hmm. like in a morning, midday, and evening session. So like the evening sessions were usually like the arty stuff. So it was yeah. like painting there was arts and crafts which was there actually was really good. mindfulness there was gardening which was yes, really good. yes um i know they did they used to do more but because of covid they couldn't like i'm pretty sure you yeah, could go to the gym right. yeah and go swimming and oh, stuff like that yeah you could go to a gym i'm but, forgetting about that i went to a gym in the second the second joint that i yeah, went to I, yeah. w- I went to a gym a few times a week yeah that's great yeah i yeah. didn't get to do that unfortunately yeah, with um, COVID, you would have been yeah. restricted in that sense. And, like, they did walks, and then, but the morning and midday sessions were more, like, a little bit, like, th- group therapy. Yeah. Like, there was some example topics were, like, self-esteem, boundaries. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, challenging your thoughts. Challenging thoughts, um, anxiety, drug addiction, alcohol, like, lots and lots of things like that. They were very, very helpful, and they helped me a lot personally. Um but, yeah, that's what I basically did. But some days you just fucking couldn't do anything. Some days I did absolutely shit all. 
Yeah, and like, they let you do nothing if and, that's what yeah. you want. Yeah. If you say to them, look, today, I just, just can't do it. They understand. They do. Yeah. They're great. They're yeah. great. Um, so explain the process. Actually, we'll talk about the misconceptions first, and then we'll go into your mm-hmm. um, experience with ECT. So did you have any misconceptions or ideals that you thought were going to happen that didn't happen? Um... Or thought you were going to see? I thought I was, like, I don't know. I expected us to definitely see some, like, very ill people. Yeah. Um, but I don't really think that I saw that. I think I just Either. saw a lot of, like, depressed people, but not, mm. like, um, people who had, like, so like schizophrenia or, like, psychosis. Like, there was no, like, yelling or, like, screaming or, like, yeah. anything like that. It was just a I, lot of... I saw like, a bit of crying, but that yeah, was pretty yeah, much yeah. it. And the crying was done by me. So <laughs> that's fine. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you got to love it. Yeah, but I agree. I, I expected to see some scary things, but it wasn't as scary. Like, I, I definitely saw some, some outbursts and some moments of, of, of suffer, but it wasn't anything that scared me that to the point where I wanted to leave. No. Um, no. But that was probably it. And I think I did have a misconception of, like, the ability to leave and, like, mm-hmm. and I, I know that we're talking about, in movies and stuff. What was the movie we were talking about before um, that you saw that had, like, a depiction of a psych ward and you are like, what the fuck? Um, I can't remember what it's called now. But, like, straight jackets and stuff oh, like that. Like, that would, that was never no, implemented no. whatsoever. I feel or, like if you need a straight jacket, like, you're in the ER. Yeah, like, <laughs> legit. Like, like this. legit. There's, like, this but conception... Also, like that's like traumatizing for other patients. Like it's that a would C. be that no, would ter- like that would terrify me if I went into hospital and saw someone. Like that's bullshit. Yeah, it's bullshit. You would never ever see that. They don't put patients who are unsafe with patients who feel like they're safe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they wouldn't put a patient who is like completely unstable with someone who's like getting stable. Yeah, no. Because like that just wouldn't mix well. Because take consideration, like you don't want mentally ill people mixing with mentally ill people too too much. Yeah, because they're trying to create, like, an environment as well, like, where you feel safe and you feel, like, positive and, like, I mean, I guess there's, like, a certain kind of beauty in the sense of, like, if I'm suffering and the person next to you is, like, you can sit here and, like, sit that, in that together. That, that and was that, fine. That's, that that's was okay. That was good for me, to be honest. That yeah. helped me so, so much, yeah. but to an extent. Like, and to they an said, extent. They said to me the first, like, the first moment I walked in, they were like, do not make friends. Yeah. They were like... Hang out with whoever makes you feel comfortable, have a chat, but don't walk out of here with a best friend or a partner because it's no. just not – that's not, no. not normal. You're not here for that. No, nah, and you're not there to focus on anyone else but yourself. And, and Correct. Cause you, and at the end of the day, if you're meeting someone who's struggling, you feel for them, you feel that connection, and then you get out of hospital and you both – like you rely on each other. Yeah. And like yeah. what happens if something happens to them? Like it's going to break your heart. Correct. You know it's what just, I mean? It's just not what you do. That's yeah. the, And it happened to me. Like I got close with so many people, came out – um lucky enough like they've all been fine since and like I don't really contact many of them anymore but it was such a I had to take a step back because I was like if I get close to these people and something goes I I was finding myself getting so close to them and then like taking on their problems without dealing with mine um but it still was super beneficial for me but another misconception I experienced was yeah the straight jacket thing like thinking that 
people when I came out were saying like, oh, like not in a mean way. And they didn't say it straight up like this. They kind of said it more like aligned with it, uh, alluded to it, sorry. That like they thought I was in like a loony bin. Like they literally think about it like that and it shocks me. I'm like, that's just not what it's like. It's a hotel for sad people. It's so calm. It's actually you grow an attachment to it. Like that's our literally TMI though. It's so comfortable being there. FYR, that's our experience. Like I don't know what other wards are like. I don't know what a public ward is like. And maybe that might be traumatizing experience for someone. So I don't know. But for me personally, that that ward in particular was comforting because one you have people around you who feel similar so you don't feel fucking totally crazy you don't feel isolated in that sense two you have nurses and doctors looking after you all the time three you have psychs and then four you have all those activities and like you're just focusing on yourself yep and it gets you through the day like i know for me like i just struggle to get through every day and then like when when you have a purpose like you're going to a group and shit like that like it helps you get out of bed makes you feel like you have a purpose which i think is really important very important when you're low like that oh super it's integral because like the reason you're like majority of suicidal thoughts at least for me personally were like purpose wise and like yeah why do i even care like why am i even here like what's the point yeah like what the fuck like so to have that question your existence and you question like what the point is and then you Mm. get up and you have you have a purpose every day yeah and you're moving forward like you feel like you're progressing which yep. I think was great for me. Like, yep, every day I get up, every day I get through the day, I'm moving forward, I'm a step closer, I'm a day closer to, like, being where I want to be. Yeah. And that's great. So go into your experience with ECT and, like, what was the process of that? Because I'm not really educated on that and I want to know. Well, ECT stands for electroconvulsive therapy. Yeah. Um, it's, like, it's definitely a last resort. Like, it's not something you do unless you really need to um like in my case it was recommended so um and i felt like so it's a it's a treatment it's a depression yes okay and other personality disorders as well i don't know but majorly for depression Uh, i would say so i would say i would say for everything yeah so it's actually a physical treatment yes so it's like a um yeah it's it's like a physical thing it's not like a it's a very invasive um kind of therapy you so, explain it you can explain whatever yeah, you want and be detailed um, so you, you get a one whole like course of ect you're doing it 12 times so you're put to sleep you have a general anesthetic you're only asleep for like half an hour like it's not long at all um there's doctors there obviously um uh they medically induce like a seizure so they put you to sleep medically induce a seizure um, they put all these like electrodes or whatever the fuck they're called on your head. <laughs> um, and they get like your brain waves and then they like, I don't know what they do. Like, they like zap you or something. Yeah. Like, in your sleep. I mean, that doesn't sound very nice. It's, it's not like that at all. But they, um, yeah, they induce this seizure. And then what happens is um, when that happens, it promotes like the development of new brain cells. And then those new brain cells provoke the, de- the development, sorry, of like, those happy chemicals in your brain like serotonin and dopamine and it just like jumbles around all that like all those chemicals and all those neurons and everything in your brain um and then the result is that eventually like you come out like the result is supposed to be immediate um i don't really know if that's the case i think you're supposed to feel better kind of like immediately yeah but i think it's more of like a long-term thing 
Um, but it's really, really hard to go through. Yeah. Like 12 times. Like that's a lot. And um, how long does that take? You're doing it three times a week. Um, I actually finished mine as an outpatient. So I did, I think I did about, no, about eight in hospital. Yeah. And then I did the rest as an outpatient. Yeah. Um, but like, oh God, like my arm was like completely messed up, like from all the like injections and shit that they yep. were putting in. And I had, my arm was like black here. Like it was terrible. Oh my God. Um, yeah. Like, like putting, like doing that like three times a week. Like yeah. It's awful. It's so painful. Awful. But then also like when you have a seizure, like when a person has a seizure, like they, you like clench your jaw like, yeah, like yeah, that really yeah. hard. And yeah. You, bite down really hard so yeah. when they do the treatment they'll put you to sleep and they put this like foam block in your mouth yeah so that you'll bite down yeah on the foam like, block onto, yeah. onto foam but you wake up and you feel like someone's just punched you in the jaw yeah someone like, yeah such a terrible headache One of, and, like, someone in hospital had it when i was in though explaining it to me how like they just feel so like tired and like yeah. headache and like stuff like that after yeah. but how was obviously that was a very invasive and, and the memory loss aw- as well awful process yeah and go go on about the memory loss first, oh yeah like, i mean that's like one of the biggest side, well, effects. side effects yeah yeah um is the memory loss it can be short and long term um and it can affect your ability to make like retain those memories in the future as well for me it was all short term like i don't remember a lot about year 12 like the year before yeah i don't remember really anything before um, and I don't remember a lot around the treatment as well, which makes sense. Like I was saying to George earlier, like the only reason I do kind of like know about what happened a lot is because I keep a diary and I write in that diary every single day. So it was really eerie, like reading back on like what I had done mm. when I have no memory of it. Yeah. Like, oh, I did this, this, and this, but I have no recollection of that. So strange. Um, and one of the weirdest things for me is, um, when I first had, and like short-term memory loss is supposed to be the the biggest one, but um, it can also be long, long-term as well. But I remember like they ask you like a series of like personal questions, like when you wake up mm. to see like what, like where your head's at. Yeah. And I remember like the first time I had ECT, they like, I woke up and they asked me what year it was. And I genuinely thought it was 2011. What I said fuck? it was 2011. And then I'm like, no, wait, no, it's 2020. Like, I'm not, like, dancing around the living room to fucking so fresh CDs anymore. As you- <laughs> um, but that was really trippy. So trippy. Like, you wake that's up and so you're like, weird what's your mum's maiden you name? Of. Yeah. Like, what's your mum's maiden name? And you're like, oh. But then it's like, what did you do yesterday? Nothing. No idea, yeah. It's so weird. Mm. So how did you think that – what was the results of all this? Like, obviously, this was a fucked process and, mm. and super hard for you mentally, physically, yeah. and everything. But how did you think the results were? Like, was it worth it? Was it something you recommend? Was it – what are you what, – what's your thoughts? Mm. If I had my time – I don't regret it, but I don't think I'll do it again in the future. Oh, I wouldn't do it. Yeah, like, it was It was if really I was, if hard. I was If I was – I think because you were in the ward for two months. Yeah. I was in for one. If I had been in there for the same time, I would have been like, okay. Because they recommended it to me and I said no because I wanted to yeah. I wanted to give myself a bit more time 
But if I was out there for two months and I was still feeling that fucking way, I'd be like, I have to do it because this is you don't have another choice. And, I, and it, it came it's to a that last for resort. me. Yeah. It came to that for me. I was yeah. like, there's literally yeah. no other avenue. I can, yeah. Like I was so heavily medicated. Um, and that's the thing. I didn't want to go up. I couldn't like have gone up really. <laughs> what were you on? What were you on? I was on. You on mood? Are you on mood stabilizers now? Yeah. So am I. And fluoxetine, or just another no. antidepressant? I'm on two antidepressants. Two girl. Yeah. What do they even do? Like, how does two interact? Ah, <laughs> uh, like shush, they do. Shush. They, they they go together, and then so I'm on two. What are they? What are they on, called? One of them. Um, <laughs> one of them's a really generic one. It's not fluoxetine. Yeah, I was on that for years. Lexa, Lexapro. Lexapro. Yeah, yeah, that's that's one of them. And then the other one is some weird one called like desflaxine or something. Yeah, whatever. Like it's so. It's what milligram? Really, oh, they're all different. I don't even know. The way I, I talk about antidepressants medication fucking <laughs> sends me. Like if someone tells know. me, I'm like, what milligram? I don't know. Tell me everything. But like what's like <laughs> so No, but like what twenty milligrams of like fluoroxetine is nothing, but like twenty milligrams of like yeah. something else is heaps. I'm not so even, it's I'm, really like dependent on the medication. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, very much so. So what what mood stabilizers are you on? My mood stabilizers are called Lamotrigine. That's what I'm on as well. Oh you missed. <laughs> what milligram? I think I take 50 twice a day. Oh, girl, what the <laughs> No, but they I'm so, not judging no, you. No, no, they told me this is for life. So, yeah, it's... 50 twice a day? Once in the morning, I'm on. Night. I'm on 50, but I'm not twice a day. Surely you take 25 in the morning, 25 at night. No, I just take 50. Really? Okay, at night? Yeah. Yeah. Before I go to bed. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, I feel get nauseous from them. But... But I've also, like, they... I'm on fluoxetine as well, and that's it. Fluoxetine, what module being... Well, I don't even know how to say it. My doctor's like, what is it? I'm like, I don't know. Lamotrigine. Yeah, I've been on Lamotrigine since, I'm going to say, I was I was 16. So I started the antidepressants years ago, like five, four years ago, and you're mm. like, you're like 11. Mm. And then I started the Mood in hospital, which really helped me. If, if, I, if I could, I'd way rather the Mood Stabilizers. Yeah. Not that, like, you notice – and I'm going to put that mis- – I want to do a whole episode of medication, so, like, I don't want to get too much into it. But uh, not that it, you have an immediate effect, but personally, fluoxetine makes me nauseous. So, like, that's the only reason I'd prefer the mood stabilizers, but they do go hand-in-hand hand for me and have been, been beneficial for me. And side note, as you said, you can be so medicated and still be heavily depressed. So it very much depends. You yeah. have to do this – you have to do things – that go hand in hand with that. Like you can't just take medication and you wake up in the morning like fuck no. yeah, like MD. Like it that's just a normal like, work no, like that. It, yeah. It, it's like if you start a new a, medication, a like if it takes like probably two months at least to start like feeling the effects of that. Legit. It's a long process. Yeah. And that's why for like ECT, like it's like a benefit of that is that like it's probably more immediate. More immediate, yeah. Like faster than medication. Yeah. Um but yeah, I think I don't recommend it. It was really hard to go through. Yeah. Um, and like the effects that it has on your memory as well, probably not worth it. Do you it. think it saved you though? No. I think I would have gotten through. I would think I would have found a way to get through. Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, mate, yeah, yeah. I, wouldn't I, I have feel a like, I feel like 
you might not be able to like see it now because it's yeah, been it's so long that like you're like I don't understand how I could be back in that place. I just would have been in hospital for like a lot longer. I would and have that's been not there for good. months. If I had And that's done an, ACT. that's another thing to talk about. Like you don't want to be there for a long time. No. And I was talking about this to Beth before. I was like I would never want to go back, not because I didn't have a good experience, but because one, it means I'm back mm-hmm. in that bad place. And two, you grow a comfort to it. You grow a comfort and a reliance on it because you're yeah. protected. You're with people that know how you feel. You're with people that can protect you and and, yeah. and take care of you. And and a lot of people go back and back and back, like going back to prison, like yeah, reoffending. Yeah, 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 like, yeah. Not that that certainly... relates, but like it's a similar concept. Yeah, definitely. Like, no, yeah, again, not that I had a bad experience, but one, it means I'm back in that place. And then two, I know I'll grow a reliance to it. Like when I got out, I literally couldn't be at home. I hated it. Like I just, like as much as I yeah. love my family and they were there for me all it's the time. It's such a hard transition. I, I was so comfortable there and being by myself and having my own little room and then having my doctors and my nurses and mm-hmm. knowing that yeah. if anything happened, I could be, wake them yeah. up and be like, not wake them up, they were awake, but like be like, help. And your nurse is like, they will encourage you to get up and be productive and yeah. go on with your day. You don't have that when you're home. Well, you can't expect that. No. That's the thing. That's their job. You can't expect yourself. your mum to wake you up in the morning no. and be like, come on, Susie. Like, you fucking <laughs> <it's raining> now. <laughs> come on. Yeah. Like, they can only do so much for you. So that's, yeah, another thing. I, I, recommend, I recommend hospital, but then I also yeah. don't for, like, keep going back and back and back. But on the same sense, people need it. Like, you know you what need, I mean? You, need, you definitely need to, like, develop, like, your own reliance. Like, you need to be self-sufficient yourself, and I think that that's important. Um, but then, yeah, again, like, I wouldn't be against going back exactly. if I really needed it. If I, I would never be against going back because it would make sure I'm safe, but it's not somewhere something that I would ever think I could resort to. No. no it's no, not no. like I'm it's like, not, oh, if I get depressed, I'll thing. go back. Like, that's not what I want. And it's not that it was a bad place. It was great for me and personally saved my life. Yeah. But it, it saved my whole mentality, to be honest. Like, yeah. it, it really did. And a lot of people don't have those experiences. A lot of people do. It really depends on a lot of things. But that just goes to say the system's also insanely fucking overrun and yeah. un especially in populated and like doesn't have enough resources and like the private sector is obviously funded by private health insurance and then there's the public sector that's even fucking worse i don't know much about it but i've heard bad experiences i personally am pretty uneducated in it as well yeah because they wanted to send me to a public ward when i went to hospital to the emergency room because i was like we need to send her straight away like we don't want her to even go home Mm -hmm. because we're scared yeah and mum was like no I, I, was like, I don't it, want you to go to public. I, just, I need to go to private. I just because she she knows a bit more about private wards, and she was like, "I feel more comfortable you going there." Yeah. And I wasn't it. I wasn't a. I didn't really care. I just wanted to go somewhere that wasn't home, to be honest. Yeah. And I probably yeah. would have been more in shock going straight from there to some to somewhere. So at least I had a few days to prepare myself a little bit. But yeah, I don't know much about public wards, but all all I do know is that they're very different to private. Yeah, and I mean. Yeah, well, definitely, sure, for sure. But what do you think the the ward did for you? Like, do you think it saved you? Do you think it helped? Do you think it didn't help? Do you think? Yeah. I think I had. I actually had a. What really were your pros and cons? Um. Yeah, I think like the purpose that it gave me was definitely the pro, and I think it like I certainly think it saved me. Like it was, 
it was amazing and really like a really really good place to go and yeah it's it's just not like the movies like in the movies it's like a dark scary almost like haunted like like prison like a prison so many of my uneducated friends and it's not their fault because there's not a lot of education out there hence why we're doing this like we're like oh like you know i'm scared i'm scared for you and i'm like it's not that scary like i'm actually really fine like i actually am really comfortable like obviously obviously and that doesn't take away from like the loneliness it does bring like i felt very lonely there at times and i felt like because so at our age it's very rare and and our area it's quite rare for someone to go into a psych ward and like one and again there's no education about it so i felt so like crazy and like i felt weird i felt like people were going to talk about me and that's why i started this in the first place to be honest because yeah i was like i'm sick of feeling this fucking way like i didn't i haven't done anything to deserve this like i'm here on trying to save myself like i shouldn't have to feel that people are going to judge me for it but I did feel lonely because I – and obviously COVID, like, I couldn't see many people. So that didn't no. help. I couldn't see my friends. I couldn't see anyone. Yeah, and that's really hard as well. Yeah. Really being in there being in there alone with – at our age, like, fresh well, – I was 19. Being in there 19 alone first time, Yeah. like, it is it is a bit scary. It's daunting for sure. I it actually, was daunting for me. And weirdly enough, I actually didn't see – I mean, I didn't see you when I was there. Yeah. I think well, I was gone. Well, yeah, I yeah. was gone. But – um. Um, I didn't see any other young people. I did, but they were in there for alcohol and drug issues, not for depression. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or like I, I personality didn't literally stuff. like neither of the hospital, either of the hospitals I went to, I didn't That's meet weird. any young yeah. people, which I, I found I, to be strange. I was with more of the older people because I'm just like that, and I hang out with <laughs> the old folks, and like the younger kids were in like a different ward to me, but we went to the same like cafeteria. But yeah. It, it still was daunting at the start, like the first couple of days or when you know no one and like you don't know how to speak to anyone and shit. Yeah, it's... Oh, it's, so hard. Yeah. So it's, scary. It's, it's not... And in the place that I was in as well, like I felt like I had no one. Like obviously I had my mum and dad and stuff, but like mm. I felt like I had no one. I was like, oh my God, this is so fucking terrifying. Like so I don't know So fucking terrifying, but also like I felt like for Empowering. me it was more, more terrifying to stay home. Oh, 100%. Like it was, it was, I was terrified, but I was comfortable in a way. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I was scared, it's but... So, it's weird. It's a weird feeling, actually. Yeah. I, I was scared, but I was comforted that I wasn't at home. And then by the end of it, I was so, so comfortable and glad I went. So glad I went. Oh, same. I wouldn't... I would do it again if I really needed to. But like you say, I don't think it's a good thing to get reliant upon. No, nah, definitely not. And I say yeah. that to a lot of people. Like, don't rely on going back and forth there because... You will because it's a comfortable place to be. It's you got your room, you got your fucking the food's good like most of the time. Right, yeah. It, it's not good to rely on a place like that. Just that's only that's only my opinion because when I was in there, like so many people come up to me like this is my fifty fifth time, and I was like, bruh, like <laughs> how much of your life are you spending here? Like that's it's a bit sad. Yeah, it, it, it's sad for them. It's sad in general. Like I feel fucking horrible for them it's just i wouldn't yeah. want to be there 55 times like, no. that's, like my and, and there's no judgment towards that it's like i holy shit it breaks my heart for you that you feel like you had to come back here 55 times yeah because it's supposed to be a place to get better not to live yeah like it's supposed to be a place to help mm-hmm. it's like going into hosp- like actual hospital 55 times 
to stay to get physical treatment. Like no one wants to fucking do that. No. Like that's such a life drainer. It's not a long term And it's not their fault. It's just a, a, a very hard experience. Very, very hard, but very worth it. Mm-hmm. that's the thing yeah. very yeah, I hard i agree being there when it's very like can be very lonely and i felt yeah, I very lonely and i think like until like the third fourth week i didn't feel lonely because i'd made some sort of friendships and some sort of comfort people like that i could chat with and eat dinner with but at the start i, I was pretty lonely i think i like spent a lot of time feeling lonely in a sense um first time I reckon I didn't feel lonely was actually I just I found my mum she's a bereavement counsellor but she works with some incredible people and one like I met the most amazing counsellor I've ever like oh yeah yeah talk about this she's insane she has gone through like um she's had like a really profound experience in her life she lost her son when he was six years old and I think like because of that like what she went through is so like, so like, it would it would change you, and I think because of that, like when I'm with her, it like opens my eyes. And she was telling me once, like I think, she made me realize that I'm not not kind to myself. <laughs> like I say that I'm. God, don't my, tell me about that. But yeah, I say that like I've been hearing that since I was like, since like my whole life. You got to be kind to yourself. You got to speak nicely to yourself. And I say that I do. And, like, she made me realize that I actually don't. Mm. Like, I'm so harsh on myself. And and she said to me once, like, you know, like when her son passed and, like, as a mother, like, I couldn't even imagine how, like, distraught you'd be. But she said that, like, she was sitting on the floor, like, looking in the mirror at herself, like, crying. And she just started, like, stroking her face and, like, stroking her arms and, like, hugging herself. And I was like, that is kindness to yourself, mm. like... It, it like it rattled me actually I'm like in a good way like that is what being kind to yourself is having like compassion and like cuddling yourself and just like loving yourself and I think like that changed my mind about like the way I am to myself and I like to say to people a lot talk to yourself like you talk to a child yeah that like was your distressed. younger self yeah, yeah. like talk to a, t- a child that you'd see, talk to yourself like you see a child crying like, obviously, when you've done something mm-hmm. wrong, like, that's different. Like, you can be a little, like, a little judgmental on yourself and say, look, you can't, I shouldn't have done that. Let's move. Let's do something better. But don't – because you, everyone has an inner child. And if you keep abusing yeah. it, like, you're just going to get more yeah. depressed and hard on yourself. So absolutely, talking to yourself like your child is super important. Yeah. I really struggle with that as well. And anyone, anyone who has a mental health issue – struggles with being hard on themselves and struggles yeah. with talking to themselves having negatively. that compassion because if you loved yourself you probably wouldn't be that unwell. no <laughs> like no. that's like, kind of that's it's the certainly truth. changed my out like my outlook and um yeah she's like the best person and like the best counselor ever so like for me that was like i mean i've seen a lot of psychologists and counselors in my life yeah and just like me too. you got to find the right person that you have a connection with yeah and the that's best so thing hard. ever that's so hard like a lot of people will see like a counselor or like a psychologist same thing and they'll be like nah it doesn't work for me it's like no but you just haven't like connected with the right yeah. person yeah there's it can be it's such an amazing thing you just got to find the right person and yeah, like, I, yeah, I agree i've great I've, point. again i've never never stopped seeing a psychologist since I was 10 years old I've like 
like whether I'm good or I'm bad. I've always been seeing someone and I'll be amazing and I'll still go. And I think like I'd never stop because it's a good opportunity to like just offload. Like Mm. even if there's like nothing like really bothering you and like you're in a great place, like you go, you offload, like you talk about some like little stuff. Like it's just, and what, like they're legally bound to keep it confidential. And I, and I love when I talk to some people about psychs and they say, Oh, I have my friends I can talk to or unload to or like, I'm fine. I'm doing well. It's like, that's not the point to see a psych is to see a professional that is there for an hour to talk to you about what you're struggling with, about your goals, about your self growth. Even if in within yourself, your mental health is good and you're feeling good or it feels like it's good. Yeah. It's still very important to go back into a space and unload and yep. talk about things that are bothering you and everyone has trauma no matter if it's really yeah. bad or horrendous or not as bad as you think it is but trauma can come in any single way so to see a psych is to unload that trauma to be yes. better for your future like everyone goes and i always use this analogy and i know it's annoying but everyone goes to the gym to get or run or whatever to get better physically right but why wouldn't you do that for your own mental health why wouldn't you do and that's a way to do it like there's obviously different things like some people you have to be on medication some people it's investing into exercise some people it's cutting off some people you know you know what i mean but yeah absolutely. and i don't like when people say to me oh i don't want to see a psych because i have my friends it's like but your friends don't know shit mate yeah. jenny from the yeah. block doesn't know about your childhood trauma and doesn't no. want doesn't know how no. to help like and it's not, not her trained. responsibility they're not trained to help you through that trauma and i'm here for any friend that wants to unload guilt yeah i'll talk to you for 17 hours straight i don't care i could never go without my mates like my of mates course, are on, like, but that's not literally point. amazing but it's, it's not the point. Yeah. You, ne- you need someone who was there for an hour and has been educated for like three, four, five years. Y- yeah. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but like not everyone, not no, no one completely understands, even if you have the best connection and best friendship in the world. Like they're not yep. educated on that. And I actually said to my best friend when I was really, really unwell and I was just about to go into hospital, I like she obviously wanted to help me like she's the best person ever and i was like i just think like this is like might be beyond anyone but professional yeah professionals right and now. that's that's and like she obviously respected that and like gave me the space i needed but was also here for me like this whole time but like it probably gets to a point sometimes where like i mean for me i got to a place where i was like this is just beyond anyone right yeah. now yeah, like I need some actual physical help. Yeah. 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 I get you completely. Yeah. And, and that's a it's a great move to make and just say, look, this is just for the professionals. All you need to do is just listen. Yeah. Listen when I need and and just that's all. Yeah. And like, make sure I'm safe when you're with me kind of thing. Like if you see me being a bit Yeah. Call for help, like yeah. That kind of thing. But it's not your job to it's not anyone's job to No, be and it would have been a burden on her if I was like you know, it traumatizes them. Absolutely. Like that's the, that's the thing people don't understand. Like, yeah. Oh, I got my friends. It's like, what? You're gonna traumatize your friends? Like, that's not fair. Yeah, and no. I've done that before. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not innocent, and I always say that. I'm not the least innocent person here. Yeah. But it's not fair on them either. No. Like the psych- psychs and psychiatrists are trained to listen to your shit and to like be they able are. to adapt, to be able to unload it when they go home. You know what I mean? Right. And they'll give you techniques to like go through it yourself and 
help yourself, which obviously. So where do you think you're at now? Now? I mean. What what processes are you doing now? What treatments are you doing? What's the future hold? I'm currently doing um, this treatment called um, neurofeedback, it's called. And it's kind of interesting, actually. It's um, it's kind of like brain training, right? So they'll put these electrodes or whatever, and they'll take like a, an EEG, which is like where... Um, I remember that from Psych, Psych 34. Yeah. <laughs> so they'll like take your like brain <laughs> waves. They'll take your brain waves. Um, and, and then when you have like an anxious thought, it will detect like... The, what? It, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Like if you're stressed and you're anxious, you you can see it in someone's yeah, brainwaves. Yeah, yeah. So what it when does? When people say it's all in your head, shut the fuck up. <laughs> it's in your brainwaves, bro. Like literally, literally. Sorry, so, sis. So it will detect abnormal brainwaves, yeah. an EEG, and what it does is it will reward you when you have good ones. Good ones. So what's the reward like a stimulation? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you, what you do is you watch like for example like you watch a little Pac-Man, right? Like yeah. eating little like little nugget Stop. things. <laughs> so you sit there and you watch it and if you're having like good brain waves or like positive ones that aren't anxious it'll go and it'll like eat the little things, but then as soon as you have like a negative like anxious you die activity, it it will stop. Right? It'll it'll stop. And then once that anxious thought passes and your brain waves become like good again, mm. it'll continue going. So it's like it um, it rewards you, yeah. Like when you're like, and it like what's that what's that psych thing that the dog? Oh, um, Pavlov's oh brain that training. Guy. Pavlov's, <laughs> Pavlov's dog. Bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's like that. Uh, it is Pavlov. It's literally that. <laughs> so it like. Is just training your brain or, you know, like anxious thoughts and abnormal brain waves are a bad thing. Yeah. And it, um, yeah. So I'm doing that right now. Yeah. And actually it's been really good, except you got to do it like literally like 50 times. Oh, that's annoying. It's like between, actually I think they said between 40 and 50. But it sounds like it's a positive experience. It is. And there's so many, there's so many other things that you can do that aren't like ECTs, like, like the last resort but like there's so many other avenues you can get like for help to improve your mental health like i did hypnosis once um i think i did that when i was about 14 16 Mm -hmm. did that and they basically like like a professional will put you in a in like a trance (laughs) it's it's kind of trippy they put you in a trance and they ask you all these deep like trauma related questions oh god yeah oh god <laughs> oh god um, should i record it and put it on the podcast <laughs> god no <laughs> i mean I, I actually didn't find it helpful i i didn't think it worked to me at all i thought it was actually bullshit but no nah, i reckon that would be fucking <laughs> traumatized it was not good but in a lot of, like i mean actually a lot of people say that neurofeedback is also like does it really do anything? I've kind of like. I, don't I think actually that. like it. I, I think, think it that. does. I think actually. I think it depends on every person. I think it actually works. Surprisingly, but hypnosis I thought was kind of rubbish. Yeah. Really. Okay. Well, um, but there's so many other things as well. Like you and I were talking about. I can't remember what it's called. It's TM something. TMS. Is it TMS? I don't know. I'll, I don't I'll know. try to find it and talk about it next time. I don't think – I don't know. One of the two. But there's heaps of different treatments. There is. There's so many different things. Like if someone was struggling with their mental health, I'd be like, yeah, easy. Like there's so many things you can try. It's like 
And my mum was telling me about this other thing as well. I can't remember what it's called, but there's there's, there's so lots many of these things coming out, especially. But what's your final note? Because we'll end it here. What's your final note to say? Do you have any any concluding concluding sentence? Sorry, that's a lot of pressure. But, um, I think you just got to have really positive people around you. I would never have gotten through it without my best mates and my family. And that's my final note. Really, just got to find great people. Okay, yeah, that's a great point. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you next time. Thank you for coming. We've got to go watch some Glee now. Yeah. No, <laughs> so no. we've got to go. We're cancelling Glee. I need to talk to you about that, actually. Why? Will Schuster, girl. He's out He's of it. He's crazy. I don't like <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Thank and you, you for having me, talk. Georgia. Of course. And we Love will it. talk soon. Bye. Bye.